And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created are exploited, we are downtrodden, we are denied not only civil rights but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against the common enemy. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to ride, I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, You've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. Get together, have a few laughs. May I please the tribunal? The grave charges in this case have not been laid before the tribunal casually or unreflectingly. The indictment accuses these men of major responsibility for visiting upon mankind the most searing and catastrophic war in modern history. It accuses them of wholesale enslavement, plunder, and murder. These are terrible charges. No man should underwrite them frivolously or vengefully, or without deep and humble awareness of the responsibility which he thereby shoulders. There is no laughter in this case. Neither is there any hate. Wow! There is no laughter in this case, nor is there any hate. I don't know what I think about that. Definitely not much laughter. No, I think there's always laughter, no matter how sick the situation is with us. We're always laughing. Can you put in a laugh track on that? (laughs) Peepee can do whatever he wants. I could. Welcome to the Iowa Talk, guys. I'm your host, TP, and I'm E-Rock. And I'm your host, Theo, with Pelt de That's part two in French. I don't know if you knew that or not. What? What's in German? Do? I don't know. Should know this, but I'm an ignorant American. Yep. <laughs> Hashtag me too. <laughs> so, part two of Operation Paperclip. Part two of Operation Paperclip. Uh, last time, of course, we talked about some of the, a few of the notable places and some of what they were doing there. Yeah. Um, they, These good Germans. Yeah, the good Germans, right? Which w- was precisely the, let's just call it, this is our show. It's propaganda. Yeah. Upon the American people, they were told, these are the, so we were the, good Germans. Yeah, we were just you know cleaning toilets when they were doing all these bad things. We and, didn't see it. Yeah, and these freaking military opportunists, it, some in uniform, mm-hmm. you know, worked at the Pentagon and whatnot. Others in suits. We got to get these guys because we will dominate the globe with Russia. their wonder weapons. Russia's next. So we got to get these boys. We got to get to the moon. But wonder weapons. We got to get to the moon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sputnik mm. came after after 
World War Two or the Second World War, obviously. And the space race. We what did the world see it, right after the Second World War? Were these the Cold ma- War. massive expansions in weapons technology, rockets, you, you know, all sorts of stuff. Both both sides, quote unquote, right yeah. of the the Cold War. Massive expansions in all this technology and whatnot. And the uh, Second World War proved to be a, a valuable proving ground, as sick as that sounds. But we're going to get into some of the people here. That's yeah. what we told you we was going to do. The names. It's the names of these good Germans. Who they were and what they did. Oh, we already talked about what they did. Well, well yeah, I guess we're going to talk about what they did. Some Whatever, man. Specific names now. The star of the show. That you want to bring up the star? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Disney Channel German? Werner von Braun. Werner von Braun. I'm surprised at the amount of people who have not heard this guy's name. Well, I'm surprised at the amount of people that have heard his name and they were like, oh, he was one of the good Germans. He was one of the good Germans, right? Yeah, he, he wasn't an actual Nazi. He, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's not true. That's not true at all. That's not true at all. No. Yeah, he was. He was an SS officer. Yes. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, we talked about but, the SS oh, and how... But he didn't believe in Nazi ideology. No, he didn't believe in Nazi ideology. In fact, uh, some of what he... A lot of what he talked about, you know, pre-recording, you mentioned a quote. What was it like? Or was it you, Iraq? It was like... Don't care what th- happens. It's just oh, tech- let's advance this technology. Yeah, once <laughs> the rocket's in the air, where it goes is not my department or whatever. Yeah, Iraq, you brought that up. Yeah. yeah once so- the rocket is in the air, <laughs> where it goes is not my department. You sick bastard. Right. But he was a good German. <laughs> he was one of the good Germans. Huh? Yeah, he he like- was also the one that I, I quoted on the last show. About paying pay no attention to the yeah. dead bodies. Oh. This is necessary for the. Was he like the Elon the Musk? The progression of the Third Reich. Well, no, he wasn't like. He's not like Elon Musk. No, no. I don't know why you would do, say that. He <laughs> just wants to fly rockets. Oh, because you're a savage. <laughs> no, he just oh, wants to yeah, fly, yeah, rockets fly rockets. Well, it. it Let's it, just go play with your rockets. <laughs> Just watch go play with your rockets, space boy. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't. You watched little too much October Sky when you was a kid. Fucking nerd. Point Dexter. <clears throat> October so. Sky is where I became aware of Werner von Braun. Oh, actually. nice. Because that glorified him a little bit as well. Do you sure remember did. that? Well, Walt Disney and him were buddies. You shake that. Oh, do you know whose hand you just shook? That was Werner von Braun. This kid had a picture, autographed picture of him. Oh yeah. In his bedroom and shit. This dude was an SS officer, man. Yeah. Yeah, he was... Uh, we got a, a direct quote from uh, Annie Jacobson's book. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, can we... I did interrupt well, E-Rock. That, that was the Time magazine oh, where they said he was just trying to advance his career. He was just trying to oh, advance yeah. his career. He was a German aristocrat, and I want to say that he actually came from a family of rocket developers. Like, this is what they, they was doing. It was noted his... Uh, his arrogance upon capture, quote unquote. He was in the Bavarian Alps, 
and he sent his brother Magnus down the hill on this bicycle to establish contact with the Americans. Yeah. And then they played their little games. Finally, Von Braun, you know, ended up meeting with the Americans, yada, yada, yada. And one of the soldiers noted how he, his arrogance, because he was a German aristocrat, right? Okay. This dude never, he didn't dig a ditch. He didn't do anything like this. No. But, uh, go ahead. The only backbreaking work he did was picking up his, uh, his Stein. Sure. At the end of his the day. Stein, huh? yeah. yeah. The Oktoberfest. Yes. Das Boot. Um, so, uh, yeah, he was arrogant. He was a- asking the soldiers where the medals. What's the medals were for? What did, what did, how did you get this medal? Oh. Mm-hmm. Like, That's cute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. Ex- yes. At, shortly after this, he said, he was like, after the capture, he he's was straight up said, I, I want to talk to Ike. He was so confident in his value mm. after everything that had happened at we 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 had established last time that he was chief of the concent or not the concentration camp, but the uh, so the factory that was supplied with with ex- workers from Dora Concentration Nordhausen. Camp. Nordhausen. Yes. Ex- explain Ike. Eisenhower, yeah, Dwight D. Eisenhower, excuse me. Thank you. Yeah. That's Dwight D. Eisenhower, the supreme allied commander of... What was that slogan he used on his campaign trail? Well, I'm not too sure. Right, you're right with Ike. Ike for president, Ike for president, Ike for president, Ike for president. You like Ike, I like Ike, everybody likes Ike for president. Some horse crap. Yeah, something like that, but that's yeah. what everybody referred to him as. Right, yeah, because he used it on his... Campaign so that, trail. Yeah, and, and then uh. that's what the American people called him. Even when he was like a general, Ike. Dwight Eisenhower. Oh, yeah, Ike yeah. That was his name. Yep. But yeah, it says here uh, this excerpt from the book. Technical. The, the book Operation Paperclip, Paperclip by yeah. Annie Jacobson, which is the main source really in the world for yeah. this information. That's yeah. what we used. So, Werner von Braun, who's the technical director of V Weapons, the what do you call them? The Wunderweapons. Vi- so wonder weapons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't forget about that V because I have just a funny little correlation. Mm, cool. The age of Aquarius weapons. Development for the German army and head of the Mittelbau. Mittelbau Dora planning office. Yeah, there you go. A division within ZSS. So he was in, he was, end quote of Annie Jacobson there. He was the head of a planning office within the SS. Mm-hmm. One of the good Germans. This dude. We'll just talk about these and they invited me over to run a few things y- by me. You know this guy met Heinrich Himmler. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right? You don't work on the... Who's the, Heinrich Himmler? The head of Chief the head of the SS. SS. And he was... So he, um, <clears throat> upon revealing himself, he was disguised... But uh, doctor, upon examining him, once he gave himself up, noticed a blue-tipped capsule in the back of his his uh, mouth. Mouth, and then once the doctor tried to grab it, he jerked back, and within, yep. within a minute and a half, he was gone. Cyanide tooth. <laughs> yep. Like Jabba the Hutt, Nazi to the death. Yeah. 
even yeah. though he did think he did believe he had capital to exchange and be able to make a deal. But probably not. He probably I don't know. They might have after giving all these other guys a deal and pass and whatnot. So well, they didn't give uh, Air Force guy. What was the big fat German? The big fat Air oh. Force. Ermin uh, Goering. Yeah. That's true. I guess situation always dictated. Yeah. So, said under Operation Paperclip, Von Braun worked for the U.S. Army, Fort Bliss, Texas, and became director of the Marshall Space Flight Center and chief architect of the Saturn V, oh, I'm sorry, 5, launch vehicle which propelled americans to the moon end quote andy jacobson operation paperclip the the saturn 5 launch vehicle yeah but there's that v right again zavunda vapalons it is a, this is a very very special design <laughs> by my family yeah that's uh this is this is almost just too in plain sight that like people just all oh, that that never happened that's just a coincidence yeah i've yeah, oh, heard I, it all before well i just mean the whole story you oh know, yeah like oh well, Werner von braun did not do anything bad okay yeah. he was just working in his office the whole time everyone was on vacation in berlin where nothing bad ever happened until the americans got there yeah I will hear no more insinuations about the German people. Nothing bad happened. Sie werden sich hinsetzen. Sie werden ruhig sein. Sie werden nicht beleidigen Deutschland. Well, so, yeah, he also, like I said, he was partnered with Walt Disney. He used to tell, talk to our parents before they went to sleep at night sometimes on the show. Good night, little American children. Thank you. Walt Disney was very good at using film and television to increase public interest in certain topics, which was exactly what Von Braun was trying to do for space exploration. Together, they teamed up on creating three television programs, Men in Space, Man in the Moon, and Mars and Beyond. Disney and his studio served as the artists and animators behind the shows, while Von Braun served as technical director. Von Braun actually appeared in these episodes, which focused on explaining how manned space travel to the moon and beyond was actually possible. Even though we now have the theoretical knowledge to make a trip to the moon, it will be many years yet before our plans can fully materialize. However, let us imagine for a moment that the many problems have been solved and that after completing our space station, we are ready to begin our first voyage around the moon. With over 42 million viewers in the first episode alone, there is little doubt that Disney and Von Braun helped to ignite the American public's fascination with space travel. We need to lay off the fucking German accents. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't it's know. fun, though. Yeah, it is. They're easy. Unlike all the other accents, apparently, we can't do. Iraq, would you like to be a part of this discussion? Nine. <laughs> Attaboy. <laughs> all right. Uh, next uh, on the list yeah i want to go i, I want to talk it's about not schindler's list but we got a list of names here no i actually i was talking to my wife about that last night yeah it's like have you ever watched schindler's list she's like no i just i've not been able i was like you need to watch that movie yeah that's a good one i'm not like a spielberg's awesome type guy but that is like you know it's, anyway it's it's, it's a, heartbreaking it's a big one yeah 
So we're going to go with this guy named Kurt Davis. I, one thing that I want to talk about r- r- quick before we, we quote the profile from the book is something that these dudes did, these hardcore Nazis. Hardcore. Like back in the day <laughs> before the war and everything, right? Yeah. When they were a bunch of spry college boys. Oh, yeah. They would get into these combat dueling matches with swords. Huh. Not fencing. There's not like a tip on the damn thing or anything. Well, they, they just take the tip off. They just had like wire goggles yep. and something to protect their nose so they didn't get their, their freaking eyes gouged out. Or their nose cut off. Or their nose cut off. And if somebody happened to receive a scar... Yeah. Or something, you know, get their face cut, which mm-hmm. we've also actually seen like the old movies yeah. that have a Nazi with a like a dueling scar Remember or that? some some old badass in some movie where they have a dueling scar, you know, on their face like a big. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, they would. Oh, and remember that dude that had caught uh, Charlie after he got the golden ticket? <laughs> he was working for Wonka. <laughs> oh, my goodness. His name is on my. Walter Wadsworth or something. Wadsworth? Wadsworth. Is it Wadsworth? Wadsworth. Wadsworth. Yeah. <laughs> May I introduce myself? Arthur Slugworth, president of Slugworth Chocolates Incorporated. So, yeah, uh, he had all those nasty scars fun, on his face. Fun little fact. A, a lot of things about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the old one with Gene Wilder, the original musical. Mm-hmm. T, uh, E-Rock and I are we're fans. Yeah. We bonded. We oh, got all, that's cute. Yeah, well, we got all fucked up one night. And uh, listen to the soundtrack. And on he vinyl. has the oh, soundtrack. Me that. He's got the soundtrack on vinyl. <laughs> anyway, we're talking yeah. about Operation Paperclip. But, uh, well, they would get their faces slapped. Yeah, right? so These then SS officers and their dueling. Well, matches. it's not SS officers. They were like Nazi party members, college okay. boys, and this is like a. <clears throat> this was uh, kind of a testosterone-filled manly thing to do at the time. Right? Toxic masculinity. So if they got a big scar on his face, and come on. If you from getting cut by a sword, but come on, if you were a young man and you wanted to be a fucking badass, like would you just consider chicks dig scars? Yes, yes, yes. Pain heals. Chicks dig scars. Glory lasts forever. Wouldn't you just consider, like, oh, cutting man, your own we, face? No, well, no, this is cool. Oh, just for a little bit, maybe not. Like smoking was brought up for us, our generation, right? I don't know. Smoking's cool. Slashing your face and stuffing with horse hair is cool. Well, yeah. Annie, Annie Jacobson said on Joe Rogan, I believe it was, that they would pack it. They would pack the scar with horse hair. Yeah. The cut with horse hair. And then they would, like, sew it up so it would just look fucking mean. And Kurt Davis, he was a dueling scar guy. He had these scars Ooh. on his face. And. What's really interesting about him is he has a, per, a picture. <clears throat> it's in this book, and you can go online. You can find it rather easily. Yeah. But of him and President, U.S. President, Lyndon B. Johnson at this, like, the Space Center or Mission Control or some shit. I can't remember which one it was. And he's sitting there with the president. You can see the scar on his face. This dude was a hardcore Nazi. In fact... Duck, duck, go! Like you put in his name, and like the first three recommended is Scar. 
Kurt Dubis scar. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He looks super tough. He was a he was a V weapons engineer. Wunder weapons. Oh yep. The Saturn V. Oh, excuse me. It was the yeah, Saturn V. Yeah, and there's Kennedy right next to him too. Yeah, on the yeah, other yeah. side of LBJ. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so Kennedy must have been president at the time. Yeah. That isn't that incredible. Wow. To quote the book, Kurt Davis was a V weapons engineer who oversaw mobile rocket launches as well as those at Pinamundo. We explained Pinamundo last time. It was the development place on the Baltic. Got bombed out by the British, right? Right. And then. They moved, moved into Nordhausen, Nordhausen, into the caves, into the tunnels. Quote, Nazi, he wore the SS uniform to work. In America, Kurt Davis became the first director of NASA's John F. Kennedy Space Center in Florida and worked for the U.S. Army in Texas as well. Hmm. Isn't that kind of crazy? It's pretty wild. He uh, turned a guy in one time. In Germany, it's rumored. Oh, yeah. Yes, but yeah, spoke out against the party. Oh, really? Yeah, turn him in. If you see something, say something to local authorities. A guy was speaking out against the party. Against the Nazi party. And and uh, Kurt. Kurt Kurt took care of him. Kurt made sure that the Fuhrer was, his honor was kept intact. There's an award that's given out uh, to this day. Annie Jacobson talked about calling them. Uh, who is it that offers that award? The National Space Club. There you go. Yeah. To this day, it is offered in his name. No, really. Yes. A since, Nazi. Since 1999. Well, and Iraq also looked saw something about uh, some of his Dubase's uh, engineering rockets were used to carry some of the first nuclear warheads, right? And yeah. tests. And he was also inducted into the National Space Hall of Fame in 1969. SS. Yeah. Which is it just a big ass joke is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> that who goes and like <laughs> It's an honor. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Keep it up. <laughs> so do you got anything else you want to say about Dubase? Let's move to Otto Ambrose. Like Saint Ambrose? Yeah, I don't think he was a saint. No. So you remember we were talking about a lot of the biological stuff that was going on? Mm-hmm. Or excuse me, poison gas. The Tobin. Tobin and, and whatnot. Mustard gas. <clears throat> Something else that the I... Zyklon B. Yeah. Uh, well, that was IG Farben. And he was... Otto Ambrose was a chemist for IG Farben. Nice. One thing that we didn't mention in the last installment was a technology that the Nazis had developed. And think about this. They cut off a lot of opportunity to get imported goods and whatnot when they, you know, started going east and, you know, invading a bunch of countries and whatnot. So rubber became something that they just couldn't get, right? Yeah. Because I'm sure that the German Navy was, everybody was trying to sink them as soon as they could. You know, to get stuff from Brazil or Central America, wherever the hell they were going to get it from, Africa. Well, he was uh, a co-discoverer of Buna, which was a synthetic rubber. Okay. Isn't that incredible? Is that where they get the Buna O-rings from? Well, (laughs) 
I'm not familiar with Buna O-rings, but apparently you are. I've seen that. Yeah. On parts. Yeah. It's, it's synthetic rubber O-rings. So. Didn't we say at the beginning of last show, things that we take for granted today, O-rings, Buna, synthetic mm-hmm. rubber. Maybe maybe they're Buna. Maybe the same thing. Who knows? I don't know. That's ironic. That's weird. Right. Well, and also don't forget IG Farben dash bear. <laughs> so, so that's who they are now. Right. Well. They'll save you from part, having a heart attack. Part. Of we used to gas you and now we save your life. Yeah. They, they uh, grow a lot of corn as well. GMO corn. Yeah. They sure do. Yeah. Let's just quote this. Uh, to quote the book, IG Farben Chemist, co-discoverer of sarin gas and Buna synthetic rubber, he was awarded one million Reichsmarks by Hitler as a scientific achievement award. Well, that's how you let a guy know that you're doing a good job. Quote, served the Third Reich as chief of the Committee C for Chemical Warfare, manager of IG Farben's Slave labor factory at Auschwitz, which wow. we mentioned last episode, of course. Mm-hmm. And Slave manager labor for Dr. Mangla. And apparently, Otto Ambrose. Slave labor factory at Auschwitz and manager of the Dienfurth poison gas facility. He was tried and convicted at Nuremberg after an early release. And after an early release, excuse me, he worked for the U.S. Chemical Corporation. W.R. Grace, the U.S. Department of Energy, and other European government and private sector concerns. Hmm. So, if my mind serves me correctly from my reading, he didn't actually come to the United States because he was obviously <laughs> you know, a chemist at Auschwitz, and right. we've talked about and heard about uh, you know, some of the chemical experiments and whatnot that they were doing at, at Auschwitz. So they left him in Germany. It's where he was doing a lot of this stuff. <clears throat> Apparently he was released from prison in 1951 due to good behavior. Yeah, so he did get convicted. He was tried and convicted at Nuremberg, we said, and, and then got got out in 51 because... Because he was a good German. He was a good German. And then he went on to work for such chemical companies as W.R. Grace, which yep. is based yeah. out of Maryland, Dow Chemical, based Imagine out that. of Michigan. Chemist. So what's interesting and about... the U.S. Army Chemical Corps. Chemical Corps. Chemical Corps. Corps. Chemical Corps. Chemical Corps. We should start a band. Okay. Ambrose was discovered. They thought he was an interesting character before they even knew who he was. Why well, he act all squirrely? And- uh, no, he just had always had a smile on his face, and <laughs> yeah, I, have, I, have I guess a that's kind of squir- that's kind of squirrely. I guess. Yes, yes, TP, excellent job. Was he huffing? No, he. They discovered him, and he was like handing out all sorts of soap and shit, and detergents, and oh. Yeah, you need to. I made this fat from. You I made to, this from the fat of the dead, dead Jews. You need to wash your tanks. Here are some solvents. Yay! So I mean, he had all oh, sorts of chemicals, and he's just, oh yeah, he's he's a nice Americans. guy, right? They they found out he was educating all sorts of GIs about how they found out that uh, there was some ailment that 
prior to the winter of Napoleon trying to reach Moscow, a bunch of his soldiers just got sick and shit. Yeah. And he's like, you know, cleanliness is is how you keep soldiers healthy. So they made all sorts of really easy detergents and stuff like that. And, hmm. you know, a bunch of American GIs coming in that hadn't had a bath in a month and a half. You can imagine, oh, shit, bar of soap. Hell yeah. Thank you, sir. What'd it do to him, though? Yeah. Uh no, it's just he knew oh, he, he knew it was over. Okay, he, he didn't charge like no. kill all these Americans yeah, no, in one last swoop. No, 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 he got a job. Okay, good man. He he's he kept it cool after that, right? Because he was a good German. He was a good German, all I right. guess. That's the story we were told. I have to keep reiterating because they're so good. That's just interesting, you know. All Auschwitz in charge of a unit at Auschwitz, yeah, and the U.S. government paid him. He managed. Manager of IG Farben's slave labor at Auschwitz. Like that's, IG, IG Auschwitz. We talked yeah, about it last That's show. kind of a big deal, I think. Pretty sick. He knew exactly what was going on there. We did talk about Bluma a little bit last time. Kurt Bluma. Dr. Kurt Bluma. Quote, Deputy Surgeon General of the Reich. Deputy Chief of Reich's Physicians League and member of the Reich Research Council... He served as chief of the Reich's bioweapons facilities in Nesselstedt, Poland, and Gerberg, Germany, which we talked about. Gerberg was, well, it was like the aerosol chambers, or maybe maybe oh. that was the sweatback wing. I can't remember. Vulcan room. I can't remember exactly. <clears throat> but we did talk about Gerberg last yeah. time. Continue the in quote. Germany. An old fighter, quote-unquote, Nazi party member, he wore the Golden Party badge and was a lieutenant general in the SA. So that's like stormtroopers. It was another paramilitary organization. Okay. After, after, uh, after cutting that last episode and, and listening to it, because you did such a great final job, TB. Well, thanks, man. I, I realized that that was a kind of a word that we didn't use last time. Make sense? Paramilitary. That's perfect. Yeah. That's what the SS is. Right. They're operating outside of normal legal framework. Because if you if you did this, you go to fucking jail. You're murdering people. Uh, yeah. And forcing other people to murder people. Right, right, right. So the SA was another paramilitary hmm. stormtroopers. I mean, the name says it all. Right. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. To continue the quote, the JIOA, the Joint Intelligence Objectives Agency. Folks, Operation Paperclip didn't actually start until what, like 1947? Isn't that what you saw? 1945. 1945? Yeah. The JIOA was the organization directly responsible for Operation Paperclip, an OSS and Army CIC program for recruiting German scientists uh, from primarily from 1945 to 1959. All the way to 59, according to, what, Wikipedia or something? Yeah. They're recruiting German scientists. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Uh, yeah, real interesting. The JIOA tried but failed to bring him to America, but he did work for the U.S. Army at Camp Kind in Ober... Oberussel? Duh, Camp Kind, because he's a good German. Oberursel. There we go. Oberursel, Germany. According to Annie Jacobson, Operation Paperclip. I believe she did say in the book that he went to the Soviet Union in the end. It's crazy. He, yeah, was in charge of bioweapons. So, yeah, also remember, 
uh, we described, and another guy uh, that I'm going to, we're going to talk about in a bit here. He was the Deputy Surgeon General of Third Reich. Well, you remember we talked about, oh, I think, I don't know if we mentioned Schreiber in the last episode. Maybe we did, but Major General Dr. Walter Schreiber. We're gonna, we're gonna I think get, we did. We're going to get to him in a min- minute, but yeah, yeah, we did talk about this. Bloma was the bioweapons expert, right? Right. And he was the one that would create the agent or whatever that you're dropping into a town or shelling into a town. Okay. Schreiber, the surgeon general of the Reich, was the vaccinologist. Oh, nice. And so wipe out the town, send the soldiers in, Mm -hmm. they're vaccinated. Like we talked about, yeah. We don't have to kill anybody. (laughs) So nice. We just get the Jews in here to clean up the dead. I'm going to quote this from the book. Operation Paperclip by Henry Jacobson. Major General Dr. Walter Schreiber was the Surgeon General of the Third Reich. The most sinister crime in which Schreiber is involved is the introduction of intravenous lethal fennel injections, explained war crimes investigator Dr. Leopold Alexander. Really? Quote, as a quick and convenient means of executing troublemakers. End quote. And to end quote the book. He got a paperclip contract, U.S. Army Camp King, Germany, and the U.S. Air Force, Texas. But he died in Argentina, I believe. I believe that there were trials that came about afterwards. Hmm. Interesting. That got his ass sent out of the United States, and he died in Argentina. Down that little nice little German town? Probably. There's a bunch in, of them. In Argentina? And Chile, and yada, yada, yada. That's weird. <clears throat> so... Last guy we're gonna probably talk about. No, here. you mentioned that other the other one in the book here prior to this guy on here. Who's that? Schreiber? Was it Schreiber? Yeah. Just covered him. <clears throat> I mean not to like a Oh he so he was the one that would just cover doing the vaccinations. Well he was uh doing Was he a, brought over in paperclip too? He was brought okay. over in paperclip, but then there was like a DOJ investigation into what he actually did. They got like really into it. And he's like, okay, I'll leave. Okay, I'm out. And he went to Argentina. Oh, that, I, oh I thought you were talking about Blom was the one that died in no, Argentina. No, no, no. Okay. No, um, Schreiber. Okay. Excuse me there. That I probably did that one. But but Bloma and Schreiber are very connected. In fact, they were rivals. Mm. <clears throat> and one's one's surgeon general, one's deputy, and they're both working, both alpha males playing into each other's, you know, professions. And had it worked, could have benefited the German army very much. Just shell the whole town. Anybody who comes into contact with the gas is gone. But your soldiers are good. Even if they come into contact with the gas. Yeah. yeah. Hmm, that'd be scary. Or a biological agent. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to Dick Berger. <laughs> I'm sorry. Major General Volta Dornberger. Dornberger. So you didn't, you didn't know on uh, Dr. Kurt Bloma? Sure. That he was hired by the CIA guy Sidney Goldberg, 
to work on the MK Ultra program. Oh, Sidney Gottlieb. Yeah, 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 yeah that guy. Yeah. <laughs> According to MK Ultra program. Yeah, well, didn't you also mention something oh, about uh, the chemist introducing Poisoner in Chief Sidney Gottlieb in the CIA? Gottlieb. Gottlieb. By Stephen Kinzer. Oh, yeah. We'll mention that here after we get done. Yeah, with that's that's funny. Uh, Sidney Gottlieb, and then, uh, yeah, we got something something to lead into. We'll Jan Saki back to that. Yeah, one. we're going to Jan Saki back to that one for the old. Uh, for the whole finish and then the into one of, one of the closing or, or uh, excuse me, one of the next specials that we do. Yeah. So we're going to get on to this Volta Dornberger. Major General. <laughs> I believe that's Field Marshal, right? Uh, isn't that what they called him? I don't know. whoop de do. <laughs> Quote, no, wartime German general in charge of V weapons development and the technical staff officer in the Nordhausen slave labor tunnels. Mm. He was arrested by the British for war crimes, interned in England, and later released released into U.S. custody under Operation Paperclip. He worked for the U.S. Air Force and then the Bell Aircraft Corporation. Really nice helicopters, folks. Until the late 1950s, he acted as a missile and space base Weapons consultant to the Joint Chiefs, carrying a top secret clearance and visiting the Pentagon frequently. Released to U.S. custody with the warning that he was a menace of the First Order. Andy Jacobson, Operation Paperclip. Apparently not enough big menace to not be able to get top secret clearance. And just walk into the Pentagon? Yeah, like he owns the place. As he, you know. Just like he used to walk into the Führer's office? Uh, into the, what they call it, like the, the Reich's building, whatever the fuck, yeah. that massive. <clears throat> well, Hitler's bunker was under there, I believe. Dude, that's crazy. So, yeah, they were intentionally just killing off people to test the Zyklon B at Auschwitz and stuff and everything. This guy obviously knew what was going on. Well, yeah. And obviously had no conscience. I was conscience. just a good German following orders. They had no conscience either in, in the matter. Or if they did, you know, I don't, didn't do anything about it. Maybe they were scared. Maybe they were that scared. I don't think so. You look at all those videos of those assholes and whatnot. They look pretty fucking happy. Yeah. They weren't upset about it at all. Doesn't seem like it. But the worst part is, and, and really this just poses a moral question, is what, like, did, hey, do we lose all these guys to the Soviet Union or do they come to the United States and, and we, we get them as well? Well, yeah, I don't know. We advance or just they, or just the Soviets advance. I, but it's tough. At I what know. cost? I mean, these guys were he, bad dudes, man. Yeah, like Corn Pop. And Corn Pop was a bad dude, and he ran a bunch of bad boys. <laughs> He's a bad boy. He was a bad dude. He was a bad dude. He ran with a lot, other lot of bad dudes. 
And they were, though. These guys were t- scum. Yeah. I mean, to be able to compartmentalize the, the, the death and the murder, I mean, working people to death to further their science. What was that quote in Jurassic Park? Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. I don't remember that quote exactly, but that's good. I, so, I, I guess the, the, my main takeaway from this is, and in, in what our podcast is about, is talking about what human beings are capable of. We've mentioned this sometimes. This isn't that long ago. Right. It really isn't. It wasn't. And when you think, oh, geez, well, they, gosh, they've got a degree from Yale. Or or name any other damn school that just... How impressive. Yeah. Do you understand that those people... Even the the highest performing people in medical professions and whatnot and yada, yada, yada. These people are capable of doing just extremely horrible shit to others. Well, like I said, the scary part about it is the the way how they compartmentalize that these are not real human beings. Ubermenschen? Yeah. Untermenschen. Right. Uh, That's along the same thought process and, and mentality of... White people are just born bad. That's and teaching that to people. That's a pretty interesting correlation, connection. It obviously sounds pretty similar. I mean, and that's pretty scary. Eerily you, similar. Yeah. Because it's not like they just, it's not like they Hitler just got elected and then turned around and was like, all right, we're doing this. And everybody's just going to follow along because you don't want it to happen to you. Right? No, they're zealots. There were ideologues. It, it took them, uh, what, almost 10 years until they finally invaded Poland? When they, 39, they invaded Poland. You mean the Nazi party? Yeah. I can't remember exactly when Hitler became chancellor. Uh, you remember how they... Iraq, you want to look that up? Quick. When, when did Hitler become elected but uh i mean when he he was became all- elected chancellor but then once right. he became elected chancellor which was sort of a a big like uh it was a big position and the uh what do you want to call it the kaiser or i don't i think the kaiser was done after world war one but yeah regardless the big guy in germany um it was 1933 that he became chancellor mm-hmm. okay okay so He was given kind of, okay, let's get these Nazis to shut up position. Oh. So here's Hitler as chancellor. Well, he's just like, how do I seize all of these fucking shit? Right. And let's do this this way. Yeah. And then propagandize the entire population. Did it. Not only them, but also their neighbors. You know, in Austria, they just walked in and annexed the place. I think Uh, there was actually a referendum on that in Austria. And yeah. Hitler didn't do bad. Yeah, well, can talk about the legitimacy of it or not, but it's all—it's been rumored for a long time that Austrian Nazis were oftentimes the most fervent. Yeah, Amon Gut, the guy from Schindler's List that just oh, go out for target practice this morning. Oh yeah, he was from Vienna. Oh, you know, it's right. been rumored that those guys were. Ardent Nazis. The Austrian ones were particularly fervent. And that makes sense. It's also, uh, I believe that 
Hitler didn't go into Austria with tanks and shit. Oh, they fucking. Oh, walk yes. Fjordad, yeah. Are you, are you not a Nazi? Yeah. Yeah. And that's. But they convinced that whole population also, like, of their ideology and got them to, like, just walk in. That didn't just happen overnight. No. It took them years of propaganda. But not that many either, though. That's true, too. It took. But they manipulated. It was compounded by bad times after yes. the First World War, right? and they used that to their advantage. You know, never let a, never let a, Versailles. Never let a bad uh, a good or crisis a, go, go to waste. waste. Yeah. yeah, and they they took advantage of that, of course. And people were upset. I mean, literally, their whole lives were turned upside down. Even if they weren't involved in the war whatsoever, like their life savings were now completely worthless. Yes. So yeah, using the times, the, the people. Um, their anger at the situation and then giving them a boogeyman to point the finger at. You bet. These Jews are the ones doing they it They are the ones that did this, the whole thing? Yeah. Since Jesus Christ, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> and then there you go. Yeah. It's it's just, but it wasn't, it wasn't. These white people are the ones that are doing all this stuff to you. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't. Ever since just the the jews of course it was homosexuals gypsies oh, yeah. they yeah <clears throat> communists another thing that i want to 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 bring to the forefront here is think about how the united states and i mean gosh rightfully so in my opinion during the cold war took an anti-communist position right yeah but did they take like a Anti-socialists? Did they take like an Austrian school of economics anti-communist position? Or did they take like a fascist Nazi anti-communist position? Mm. Which is just, hey, those assholes think they're tougher and more violent than us. That's all that is. A dick measuring contest. Yeah, it's a dick measuring contest between people that love blood and power. Mm. And unfortunately, innocent blood is spilt. So, what's not to say that all of that anti-communist stuff and w- folks, we are not communists on this show. We are not mm. defending communists. No, never will. Or communism, but could that information have come from Nazis that were working in the CIA? Most likely, probably. Seems like the most likely scenario to me. Well, wasn't one of the intelligence officers of the SS brought over through Operation Paperclip as well? I would imagine. We didn't profile one, and I'm not, none of them are, like, I can't bring a name to mind. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah, that happened. And the CIA was created afterwards. The OSS was the the thing at the time, and it was only during wartime. And Ike, well, Truman and Ike liked the idea of clandestine war as opposed to direct conflict. So the CIA was created, but we had these assholes here doing it. Yeah. And that way we don't have to have media cameras around snooping around here wondering what we're doing. Masters of propaganda? Yeah. Masters of propaganda. Well, look what they did with the Japanese-American after uh, Pearl Harbor. Oh, you mean 
what our government did. Yeah, yeah, that and was that prior turned, to paperclip, and and, and that was prior. And that was, that was just propaganda. Yeah, it that was, was just Ameri- but it was propaganda. And using yes. the situation, the book was at written, hand. The book was written in the in America, man. The propaganda, at, yeah, Edward the, Bernays. By Edward Bernays, yeah. yeah. Uh, who was his? Who was his uh, dad or granddad or whatever? Was it, uh, wasn't he Freud's nephew or some shit? Yeah, like that? yeah, maybe I don't know. Sigmund Freud's nephew or allegedly. No, allegedly. We, we don't know. We don't have the. <clears throat> but that's what it, the yeah. word on the street is. Propaganda. And who is Which, Sigmund Freud? Psychologist. Father of psychology. Isn't that his nickname? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. the father of psychology. I fa- hey, I failed a psychology so class in college one time. Weird. This guy knew how to pick brains and manipulate people on a level that they don't understand. Oh, he was also Austrian, right? Oh, that's uh-huh. strange. Hmm. Weird. Not that Austrians and Germans are bad. Right. Just these these ones were Well, this is just good. where it happened and who it was. And you know what? Yeah. Here's what here's what it takes. Here's what it takes to be I guess my little definition of what it takes to be a man. Or or what part of it, man? You gotta admit that you're able to fucking do shit like that, and that you don't want to. You know what I mean? Now you're a male. Everybody can be. You, it's it's a daily battle to to not fall into being. I, I guess washed away by something like oh, that. Oh, and standing for your own principles. Yeah, and just stand ethics. Yeah. Yeah, morals. Um, unfortunately, yeah. There, I mean, there's been social experiments done where people will just follow the status quo because it's easy that way. It's conditioning. Propaganda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Psychological conditioning. Like I said, they're hitting you on a level you don't even understand. Like, you know what the color of uh, hunger is? A color that's supposed to make you hungry? Orange. Why is that? I don't understand. I don't know. But they figured out that, that that color, when people see that color, it triggers that. Oh, really? Hunger feeling, yeah. So now think of how many fast foods have restaurants either have orange or red and yellow in their. Mickey D's. Hardee's, Carl's Jr., Burger King. Taco Bell's got red and yellow. Yeah. NW. And all of that oh. process. Yeah. Also, it says yellow. Wendy's. Yeah. Yellow, yellow and, and red. Then which think make, of- <laughs> which your, your subconscious can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, think, the, think about all of the advances in genetic modification, mm-hmm. chemistry, our food supply, companies that we've already named that are in the business. Now, dude, we're we're eating chemicals, yeah, Garbage. on an industrial scale that originated from what we're talking about here, man. It, at least seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, another chemical seven that we consume on a constant basis if you're in a city, fluoride. And who was the first country to government to do that? To fluoridate water? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I know. Iraq confirmed this for me. The Germans? N- Nazi Germany. Because they believe it helped make their population 
dumb down. Well, I know it's one of the active ingredients in rat poison, right? Weird. Or like the old rat poison. But now they're telling us that it's good for us for it's for our teeth. Yeah. You know, gingivitis is the number one cause of all tooth decay. So, I know it's crazy, dude. Like I said, we are seeing the fruits of their labors in our day and age. That's how we started. Yeah. The last one, man. Yep. See, it's, we are still seeing the ramifications of this today. Absolutely. And an, another big one that happened, and we've spoke about on the show before, and we're going to do another deep dive into it, was MK Ultra. And one of the chemicals that we've talked about before that was used, LSD, was man-made, but it was introduced to the CIA, the OSS, by a gentleman by, what, what was his name? A gentleman, I, I dare say. Lux. Lux. Charles Lux. That's who it was. He was one of the guys, I believe he was, uh, yeah, he was an honor, army officer. Okay. If my mind serves me correctly, he... Uh, he was one of the more friendly guys to these guys, right? Because people said, there were plenty of people that said, including Albert Einstein, these these people are not fit to be Americans. Yeah. They should not come over here. Oh. But they, did, they did anyway. And it was secretly, and it was against State Department directives and whatnot. But we needed them. At least public ones. To fight communism. So, Chuck Luck. Chuck Luck. <laughs> That's an... That, Chuck E. Luck. That sounds like a pusher's name. Charles E. Luck. Chuck Luck. I like it. Just call me Chuck Luck. He's rubbing, uh, rubbing elbows with German scientists, right? There's a picture of him in, in the book, Operation Paperclip, at, uh, at a U.S. Army arsenal. You know, rubbing elbows and laughing it up with all these Nazi scientists. Just chirping. Shit. Just chirping with the boys. Oh, Jumping up. Hey. Hit me some of that cheese. <laughs> hey, remember that time? <laughs> <laughs> you, you got any sauerkraut, buddy? I love that stuff. And it was apparently a Nazi scientist that he befriended and, in fact, was a Nobel Prize winner. This Nazi scientist? This Nazi scientist. Wow. There we go. Oh, hey, there's another thing again. Oh. Yeah. Obama won the Nobel Prize. That's great. Mm, these people are so good. Yeah. Good Germans. Richard Kuhn, Nobel Prize winner Richard Kuhn, introduced Lux to LSD. Nice. Which we all we all know was what was used in MK Ultra, and introduced in Laurel Canyon in the hippie movement. The Manson family love LSD, man. The government makes the best, according to the Manson family. They brought the fire. So, this is what we uh, like talking about. This yeah. is what this is what we got together and drank beers and talked about before we started recording. Because <laughs> this, this is what's well, interesting, right? Yeah, and but having the guy that one Nazi be a Nobel Prize winner, the other Nazi they have an award after him, and he's a. We, He's a Hall of Fame in the space, whatever shit. We talked about this. this these this, people this, were cutting edge. They won awards. Right. 
but this is the sad part about it is that even after all this nasty stuff, and they were told by other, like you said, Albert Einstein, like they're not fit to be Americans. They are not fit to be Americans. Not only did the, our government give them nice cush jobs to help them out and all this stuff, but they put them on pedestals. And, and they made them almost dang on American heroes. Well, they made us forget it until a Freedom of Information Act request until the 90s. Right. Like, this was a conspiracy theory for 60 years or whatever. Right? You betcha. You know, 40, 50, 60 freaking years. And now it's, yeah, it's truth. It's truth. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I wonder what's going to come out about 9-11 in the next 20, 30 years. Well, <clears throat> the fact of the matter is, and this is pretty free of opinion, uh, most of the forensic evidence was destroyed right away, right? And then... Like all of the debris was just... It was shipped off to China yeah. as so, soon as possible. We're getting off on a tangent here, but... Yeah, we should probably wrap this up. We should wrap this up. MK Ultra's coming. Yeah, we have, a, we, we have other things to get to because while we've been doing paperclip... A lot of stuff. Holy shit. Yeah. Sounds like we got 31 M1A1 Abrams going over to Ukraine and... Well, imagine that. Ukraine's military is filled with Nazi insignia. Through Germany, Poland. <laughs> Weird. So, if you guys like this show, please like, follow, share, subscribe, share with your friends, your Word family. Word of mouth wildfire yeah. some people say like a disease i don't know who does that i don't know some sick, sick individual i would never be friends with anybody like that right <laughs> but like i said spread our show like a big old smile we really appreciate you guys and always remember well, don't eat the yellow cake that's for sure yep. don't eat the yellow snow that's true too these are both really good points. Frank Zappa. Talk guys out. Talk guys out.